dad is a firefighter in New Brunswick. He's a lieutenant on pl- Platoon 2. And he also runs a company called 555 Fitness that is a nonprofit that donates, that makes money off of selling shirts and hats and all stuff like that. And then they give it to firefighters and EMS and uh, first responders all around the world. Have you been in the fire truck before? I've been to the fire house once and I went down the pole. Yeah, but one time I've been alone by myself without Finn. So it was just me and my dad in the fire house all day. He was, and, and also I got a super cool toy. Hey guys, another special intro for you. My friend Robert Paparo, who works in the New Brunswick Fire Department um, and also runs 555 Fitness, as his children did a great job of introducing him. Um, Pip, as we call him, does a great job with not only promoting what firemen and women do, but also with his charity work, 555 Fitness, um, bringing awareness around the number one cause of firefighter death, which isn't what most people think. It's actually heart-related, heart attack type conditions, and that's what his charity focuses on. Um, We had a great discussion, and again, just bringing awareness to the public about the people that serve us every single day that keep us safe, and I think this does a good job of keeping everyone else aware of what might keep those guys safe. So, hope you enjoy. This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. All right, so we have Robert Paparo here. We call him Pip. How are you today, buddy? I am awesome, man. Thank you for having me. This is like some professional studio we're in right here, too. Very professional. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've been on a lot of podcasts, and usually it's my uh, Apple headphone earbuds in my ear. Wow. We are actually in one of our treatment rooms in the office, so the bar has been set quite low, so we appreciate (laughs) the uh, the setup, but Hannah will take pride in knowing that. She has to, man. She works really hard on this. There's been emails back and forth. Like Usually it's like, yo, man, you want to be on my podcast today, dude? Okay. We run a professional organization here, Pip. That's what it's all about. All right. So we've got a really interesting show for you today. So Pip is a New Brunswick firefighter, correct? Yes, a lieutenant with the New Brunswick Fire Department. And in addition to that, your side gig, I say that in quotes is you essentially run 555 fitness yes i'm the the director of 555 fitness so before we go into 555 and all that tell us how you became um a firefighter and the other part i think to just tie in because in new jersey and again you know way more than i do there are volunteer and there are full-time correct tell me about how you your journey and getting into becoming a firefighter here in new jersey and new brunswick oh it was was so long ago you make me recall (laughs) these things but uh so i'm a second generation firefighter my father uh retired from the new brunswick fire department Uh, he retired 27 years ago Uh, so my father actually has more time in the retirement system than he has in on duty he worked 25 years um, which is a very odd thing in the fire service even today and, and from my father's generation um, so it was always something that I knew about. I grew up, you know, a firefighter son. Um, and in high school, I decided to become a, a volunteer uh, EMT. I kind of felt like, I don't know, medicine was a cool thing. So I started riding on an ambulance as a volunteer. That led to career EMS, 
Um, working career EMS, I decided that maybe the fire thing was a little bit better for me than just being on the ambulance as well. Um, so kind of how you said, I became a volunteer firefighter. Um, in New Jersey and in most states, there's actually a large portion of volunteer and career firefighters, um, depending on where you are. Um, in New Jersey, there are actually three times the amount of volunteer firefighters and career. Um, some states, it's a little bit different, but uh, we both go through, we all go through the same training, I should say. Um, so I started testing around the country uh, to get a career job, and it just so happened that I, I landed the one in New Brunswick. So that wasn't intended, it just kind of happened that way? Uh, I really would have liked to stay in New Brunswick. It's where I was living. You know, my father worked there. It's kind of cool. We have a lot. The fire service is, is steeped in tradition and family. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of people who work in the same places as their, their fathers or their mothers, for that matter, have worked. Um, so it was cool to be able to, but I was willing to go you know, anywhere I could to get the job type gotcha. thing. So I tested in Boston, New York, Chicago, wow. uh, a few places in Maryland, um, not California. Should have tested in California. Yeah. How long at this? How long have you been a, a full time, or you call it a career fireman at this point? Uh, I will have 16 years complete in January. Gotcha. So you've been doing it 16 years, and your position now is what? Uh, so I'm a lieutenant assigned to an engine company. Okay. And so tell me, uh, again, this is all new to me, the journey, once you're a career, where do you start and what's the kind of the steps up the ladder in general, or where does your steps been? Yep. So it's always a little different per departments, but you know, you always start as a firefighter, you start as a rookie and you are the lowest of the low that there is. Um, you're responsible for everything when you start, you know, you do all the housework, you do all the cleaning, you do all the cleaning after meals, you're responsible to know everything that's going on, answer the phone. Um, and the cool kind of part about the fire service is to know that everyone started there. You know, your lieutenant started at that rookie level, your captain, your chief, the director of your department. We all moved up those ranks. Um, so it creates this family atmosphere that we have. Um, so you say you're a firefighter and usually the firefighters ride in the back seats of a fire truck um, or fire engine. I'll give you a little, a little knowledge. So a fire engine has yeah. water in it. We put out the fire. A fire truck has the ladder on it. There's no water in it, and the truck's job is search and rescue and uh, ventilation, so to get the smoke out if there's a fire. Bet you didn't know that, Hannah. Nope. See, look I... at that. Dropping knowledge here <laughs> left and right, right? Knowledge bombs. Yep. Um, so, you know, when you're a firefighter, you're, you're moving around throughout the, out the different positions. Uh, in New Brunswick, we have three different firehouses, so you get bounced around because, you know, someone's on vacation, you go fill in for that person. Um, then you usually learn to drive. You become an operator. So uh, in my career, I've driven the engine. I've driven the ladder, the rescue. Um, worked pretty much in every firehouse we have. Um, and then if you choose to, to decide to go kind of the officer route, you do what I did and, and you take the lieutenant's exam for in our department. And after the lieutenant's exam, if you come out high enough and the spots are there, you know, we like to make the joke, the moon's aligned, you get promoted. Um, so in my department, we have lieutenants. My next step would be captain and then deputy chief. Gotcha. Okay. And so at, once you get to the level you are, do you still fight fires? Yes. You're so lieutenants and captains still fight fires. Yeah. Um, we ride in the front right seat, the officer seat, um, and we still go in with the crew. Um, so we're like the operational end of the leadership. Um, our deputy chief will stay outside and he'll coordinate all the efforts that are going on outside. Right. Um, so in my spot on an engine company, um, and in particular, and a fire can happen anywhere in New Brunswick, um, but my engine is the, the busier of the engines. Uh, we tend to be there first, so we'll be the first in with a, a hand line. Okay. Um, I've spent some time on the ladder truck as well. Um, and in that time, when you're on the ladder truck, you don't have a hose line. So you're just going in to do a, a primary search. 
Um, I spent my summer on the ladder truck and just maybe the third to last shift that I was on it, uh, we were able to affect the rescue of a woman in a fire. Really? Um, that we found, yeah. Wow. So. So the next part I think we'll get into the the health and, and the overall, I think what 555 is, but the question sort of leads into it schedule-wise. what I mean, you guys work, uh, not, you don't work a 9 to 5, let's put it that way. It's definitely not a 9 to 5. So tell, uh, us about, tell us about that because I don't think most people know that, especially when you're a career fire. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different schedules out there that we work. Um, yeah. You know, when I got hired, we worked a, a nights and day type system that we worked uh, two days and then a whole day off and then two nights and a few days off. Um, but now we currently work what's known as a, a 24-72 schedule. So I work one 24-hour shift and then I have 72 hours off. Uh, my department chooses to run a four platoon system. Some departments choose to run a three platoon system and they'll work a 24 on 48 off. Um, so 24 hours in a firehouse is a very long time. Yeah. Um, and you know, you'll hear people say, oh, well, you know, firefighters, you have beds in your firehouse, you get to sleep. And that's true. We, there are beds in a firehouse. You can't deny that. Um, but the sleep you get in the firehouse is not like sleeping at home, uh, on my, um, Tempur-Pedic number sleep number bed with my weighted blanket on top of me right. at all. Right. Um, and even in my career, you know, I can see it through 16 years how it's affected me. Um, remembering being a, a rookie and staying up easily, staying up almost all night with the guys, just having a good time, and it didn't really matter. Um, where now I like to turn in as early as I can to get as much sleep as I can because we never know when we're going to be awakened. Sure. Um, and you never get into that deep sleep. I wear a Fitbit, and I think if at work if I get like – 10 minutes in that deep sleep zone yeah that's a lot gotcha okay and so in a 24-hour shift you'll try to be normal this is assuming that nothing ha is happening i mean sure. if, obviously if you're out i mean forget it no that's that's obvious but even if nothing is happening it's still not like you're getting a, a nice eight-hour shut eye in a in a in the course of your four day no because you're you're always on edge on shift no so matter who you are wherever you are you know it's it's half sleep and you know getting getting promoted i have a little more responsibility where you know i'm listening for the telephone to ring in case you know uh, believe it or not instead of calling 911 people google firehouse and we come up and they're calling us saying there's a problem in their house yep. and it, it, it amazes me that the google machine gets people to us and not 911 like it, it should almost say like call 911 for emergency the google machine yeah that would make if sense. you know anybody out there that I knows would. the google machine yeah for sure um but you're on edge on that you know if other engines or other companies are out on a call or if our chief is out on a call i'm listening to see if they need to call us or if there's something they need us to do so uh sleep is uh not guaranteed gotcha so then let's transition into i guess this is where 555 comes in i think we're making a you know a nice transition to uh, the, your health has obviously been affected so where did 555 fitness come into the journey for you from just being a career fire fighter to to 555 where is that played in it's a, it's a pretty crazy story, yep. and that's generally how these things work in life, right? Um, even kind of how like you and I met. It's kind of like a crazy story, right? right? But that, yeah. that's how all the best things seem to happen. And uh, so in my own career as a firefighter, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not the typical appearing firefighter. When people see me get off the engine, they sometimes have still questioned, even I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be 41 next week. 
But they still sometimes question, like, are you old enough to do this job, <laughs> little boy? Because uh, <laughs> folks out here, you can't see me, but I am on the shorter side. Um, and in the, and I guess, uh, what did I just see? I'll be in like the featherweight category if we were in a, in a wrestling match or something, mm-hmm. I think, right in there. So um, I had always been a smaller guy. Um, and I knew that that firefighting was going to take a large amount of strength, a large amount of fitness. So I always kept myself um, in decent shape. Um, during the course of my career, you know, I've dealt with some line of duty deaths that I've been, uh, that have happened in my department, um, that happened in a neighboring department that I was on the call and those things affect you mentally too. And I was able to use physical fitness as an outlet to kind of keep me grounded. Um, not that I didn't still have some issues that I had to deal with, but, but fitness always helped. Um, so fitness was always important to me and I was doing CrossFit pretty religiously about, seven years ago, six and a half years ago. And a buddy of mine said that I should check out this 555 Fitness Facebook page. And this was, you know, six years ago in, in social media land, it was a very different world than it is today. Yep. You know, you, you just looked up a page and saw it. And there was a 555 Fitness was a Facebook page and they were putting out CrossFit style workouts and putting up pictures of firefighters doing our job and asking the question, you know, are you fit enough to do this job? And I really got into it. I got into the programming that the, the person who was writing at, uh, writing each day was putting out. Uh, they were putting out honor wads. So like a hero wad for uh, the 343 firefighters that were lost on 9-11. So every day they put out a new one of those. And I'm like, man, I like, I like this kind of stuff. Uh, typical guy from New Jersey. I started complaining <laughs> about the programming because, you know, that's what we do when we're from New Jersey. We, right. if, you, if you folks out there in the internet land don't know that, we complain about everything. <laughs> Um, but it had nothing to do with the workouts. It had to do with the fact that I couldn't do the workouts at my station because he was using, you know, programming snatches and things you needed bumper plates for. We didn't have those. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a rowing machine. We didn't have an assault bike, you know, um, a set of rings. We had whatever anybody brought in for their house for the past however many years that they didn't want anymore. You know, we had a body by Chuck Norris thing or whatever that thing was called. Yep. Um, so we struck up, as my wife calls it, a bromance uh, and started talking about fitness and talking about wanting to make change in the fire service. Because what I found out was the reason he started 555 was to try to combat our leading killer. And our leading killer at the time was considered to be cardiac-related disease. Um, they now call it health-related concerns, but it's pretty much the same thing. You know, people tend to think firefighters die in the line of duty in fires. And in reality, the majority of us, over 50% annually die from some type of heart attack. Okay. And so that's how you started with him. And um, where has that journey taken you now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where man. has it taken you? It's really, yeah, that's here. It's brought me here, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, in six years, you know, we've been able to use what I call social media for good. Because, you know, we know in social media land, there's a lot of just negativity and crap. badness out yeah. there yeah, and a lot of a lot of crap it was a good way to put it so in those six years you know part of what we did was we became an official not-for-profit uh, we started our own grant program because if i didn't have the equipment to do the workouts maybe a lot of other firefighters didn't and in these six years we've given just over sixty thousand dollars worth of functional fitness equipment to fire departments around the country that's awesome um, yeah it's been it's been a great journey and i've been able to somehow kind of become a voice of change Mm -hmm. in the fire service um, just with our mission. And that mission is really just trying to get people to understand what it is we do, how it affects us, and how we can be better at what we do each and every day. Right. So 
talk to me. Let's go more into depth about the health concerns. Um, you mentioned before we got in the air about cancer. Tell us about this. Tell us some other statistics again that someone like me or, or the audience may not understand about a, a fireman or a firefighter. Sure. So, so as a male firefighter, uh, I have a sixty percent chance, greater chance of getting cancer than just a regular uh, person. person walking down the street. Yep. Um, our, our female numbers are a little different, but there are more male firefighters than females. So it's, right. it's kind of the, the study group is easier, let's say. Yep. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, what do, you, what do you mean cancer? Like, how do you get lung cancer? You wear that tank on your back. Um, and that's true. We wear an SCBA pack on our back. Um, that started about 30, 30 to 40 years ago was when that really started coming into play. Um, my father, who I said retired 27 years ago, never wore one in his career. Hmm. Um, whereas I, on the other hand, wear one all the time. And even in the 16 years that I've been working, um, we wear them more now than we did 16 years ago. We wear them on different incidents, but it's not lung cancer that's really affecting us. It's from the products of combustion. So we go into a fire and obviously fires burn and you think of a couch. A couch maybe 50 years ago was made of two things, wood and cotton. Mm -hmm. Now a couch is made of loads of chemicals and synthetics. And when those chemicals burn or heat up, they off gas. And that off gassing is in the air. And that actually gets into our pores and seeps into our bloodstream. So cancer is a huge problem for firefighters right now. And we are trying to combat it the best we can. Um, we're doing things like using special wipes after fires, um, washing our gear. Um, if you look at older pictures of firefighters, we'll call them, they call them salty. Mm -hmm. you know, his firefighter looks real salty because his gear is all dirty. That's not a badge of honor in the fire service anymore. For us, we're washing our gear to get all these carcinogens off. Mm -hmm. uh, because even our gear, you know, I can remember being a small child. My father would bring his gear home and I'd be playing with it. Oh, really? Nowadays, if that gear is at home, it's actually off-gassing in your house. Mm. So we don't even leave it... We, Newer firehouses have special gear rooms, um, but it's a huge problem for us. Gotcha. And so as far as tying, tying it together, the lack of sleep, the, you know, always being on edge, obviously the situations you're in, um, from a, a, I guess let's go from a mental health standpoint. You know, we, I think now with police, we're starting to see that more, but to truthfully fire, not so much. What's the... What's the, you know, your take on the mental health and, and where we are with firefighters at, at this point? We're still in that learning stage, yeah. you know, and even with police officers, you know, it's very hard to to screen someone to say you're going to see horrible things repetitively. Yeah. Um, and aside from just police and fire, you know, there's also the, the other job that I've done is as an emergency medical technician and a paramedic, you know, on the EMS side. You know, our mental health is affected daily on what we see. And the fact that we're aware of it now is definitely making a change. You know, we're, we're definitely looking at a lot of the things we've learned from the military over the past conflicts, you know, the past maybe 10 to 15 years and what's happened there. And that awareness is helping, but we have to do more to take care of each other. And that's a big part of it, too, where with police, fire, EMS, military, there's always been a stigma of that person that speaks out, you know, that something did affect them. Um, and that is starting to go away. Um, for me, I mentioned before, I, I was part of a, a call that a firefighter that I was friends with uh, lost his life, and that did affect me. Mm -hmm. um, thank God for Tracy, my wife, yeah. uh, and realizing it. 
and also realizing that I was maybe self-medicating myself with alcohol at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and I went and sought out help and spoke to someone about it. And that helped and running really helped. Mm -hmm. But we need to know that these things affect us because you never know. You know, I said I was fortunate enough to rescue someone. She lived, but what if she didn't? You know, that's something that people don't think about when they drive by a firehouse. They don't think about how many times in your career you held someone's hand when they took their last breath. Right. Um, and the same with police and, and EMS too. Right. And so um, I guess when I was under the assumption 555 was specifically about, you know, heart conditions, but are you guys touching on those aspects too? Mental health and that? We're not so much, I don't want to say touching on it, but we can't deny it because the best thing about 555 fitness for me, and, and I say this on every podcast I'm on, is the second I got involved, my life got better because I had an outlet for everything that I enjoyed. I love being a firefighter. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. um, I love being physically fit, obviously. But as 555 grew and I met people from around the country, I met people that were exactly like me and saw that they were having the same problems I was having too. And we were able to take our small firehouse family and grow it. Mm -hmm. So through 555, we're not necessarily giving any resources to say this is how you can solve mental health problems or solve cancer problems. But we're trying to look at it as a whole health and wellness kind of lumped together thing yeah. um, to make that change because I know you know and, and it's kind of it's kind of cheeky and, and like tongue in cheek when I say this I guess but we met at uh, a place called Endorphin CrossFit yep. and when you work out your body releases endorphins and the slogan was endorphins make you happy um, so what started with 555 Fitness as we're going to stop this cardiac thing has now grown to say well fitness can help cardiac related deaths can help CVA can prevent cancer, can prevent PTSD or mental disorder if you're healthier. Um, so that's kind of the short answer to that question. Do you um, <laughs> tell me how it works at the at the firehouse? You're on a you're on a 24 hour shift. Where does do you guys have a workout as a team? How does it work? What do you guys do now? What is it? So everybody does things a little bit differently. You know, there are departments that have policies that their uh, their engine is taken out of service. You know, unless there's a fire for an hour for the group to work out together. Um, there are places like mine where we don't have any specific thing, but I would say the majority of us are working out at some point during our shift. You know, it's 24 hours, which is like, oh, that's a long time, but it's not because we also have to check our equipment. We have to go on inspections. We may have to go on public uh, service type things like public safety things. Um, we have to go on building tours plus calls plus you know, get our dinner ready because another secret to firefighting most people don't know is we purchase our own dinner every night and cook it ourselves. Yeah, I've heard uh, that. Actually. That's been a big thing that people are like, oh, no, doesn't your job pay for your food? <laughs> we, we pay for our food. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where I work, you know, I like to try to work out between 3.30 and 5. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't always happen that way. And usually there's a few other guys down there doing it with me. Okay. Um, some folks do it in the beginning of their shift. You know, I think that if we had a mandated thing, the best time to do it would be at the start of your shift. Right. You know, get in, get it done in the morning, and then get to all of our other house chores and right. things like that. I've always found it interesting in things like um, police and fire. It is such a physical job. And is there a physical requirement once you're in? Sadly, no, in most places. Um, there are places that have physical requirements, but they are uh, in the minority of those groups throughout the country. I mean, because you would just think um, 
if I didn't know any better and you came in here and said the number one cause of death is heart attack, my thing would be, okay, guy gets called out to a fire, he runs out and he hasn't really exercised ever and he just, his heart goes on him. I mean, that's, it's, it's obviously more of a chronic longstanding thing than that. But in that example, I mean, you guys, like you said, I don't know, how much does your gear weigh? Uh, so the just basic turnout gear package with the air pack on and helmet is about 60 pounds. And then um, how in an average situation, how hot do you know? Have you guys been able to measure how hot it actually feels for you? Uh, there's a lot of studies out there. We're anywhere from about 600 to 1000 degrees. Um, you know, there's studies out there that are even talking about what the fire does to changing our bloodstream. Yeah. You know, as the high heat environments and how long you're in there, your blood is actually changing through those temperatures and it's flowing through your body differently. Yeah. Um, so, again, all of that leads back to a healthier person or a more physically fit person is going to be able to do this better, possibly. What do you what do you see just um, subjectively from some of your you know, co-workers or, or, or I guess you, what do you call them? Brother? What are you? Your fire Brothers, fire sisters, brothers. firefighters. You know, we, we, brother and sister is, is thrown around the most in the yeah. fire service for sure. The ones that, you know, you would say aren't physically fit. How do they, how do they do, how, how are they at their job? Not always the best, let's say, you know, and, and it's things like, and, and I talk about this as being me because I can only speak to myself. You know, we never know what's going on with someone else or in their body, but you know, we have a fire and I am sore after that fire, mm-hmm. you know, big, small, anything that the air pack is not comfortable. It's way more comfortable than it was when I started, mm-hmm. but you know, it's sitting on your back. It's sitting on your shoulders. It's bouncing around as you're moving, you're crawling, you're standing, you're being physically active. Um, afterwards I'm hurting, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coughing, even though we have that mask on, you know, still a little bit gets in here and there. Um, the next day I'm just sore. You know, think of like the hardest workout you've ever done and how you felt the next day. And that's what it is. Hmm. Um, So when you look at someone who's deconditioned, I like to use the word conditioned versus deconditioned when I talk about firefighters. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the pain that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And when we look in traditionally, and I hate to use the word traditionally, but in the past with the fire service, we had a huge alcohol abuse problem. And I think a lot of those people in that error we're using alcohol as their coping mechanism, yeah. you know, to make them feel better, to make that forget, you know, to make the pain go away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the change is happening, though, which is a good thing where we're seeing less deconditioned firefighters mm-hmm. um, to speak to, to my own experience. 16 years ago, if you walked into a firehouse in New Jersey, chances are good you were walking through a cloud of smoke. Because right. there were so many smokers because mm-hmm. that's what was normal. Everybody smoked, right? Yes. Uh, now. Um, on my shift currently, there is no one that smokes. Really? Um, yeah, this is my shift. But yeah. again, if I look at my job, let's just say we have about 100 people on my department. I'd say when I got hired, probably 40 smoked. I think now we may be less than 10. Is that right? Um, so you see these changes coming, you know, when we talk about things. Right. Um, and people talk about that as being a 555 thing, which I don't necessarily take credit for. But it's good to know, yeah. you know, where like you see people with water bottles. I mean, everyone has a water bottle these days um, because hydration, you know, 20 years ago, firefighters were like, oh, yeah, I'll hydrate after the fire. Right. We know now that that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> right. Like, or this Gatorade. If I have this little cup of Gatorade after a fire, I'm good to go, man. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that type of a, a luxury anymore. You know what I mean? So. Hi, Tracy. Sorry, you can come in. Hi, Tracy. You can interrupt my podcast. Wow. You've got your white coat on. This is like, official. It's serious. We're a, it's serious. 
Very nice. Um, so you're saying that there's change. There's been there's been a great change in the emergency services community. Yeah. Uh, like you had mentioned before, with learning things from police officers and, and what's going on with them right now. You know, we're learning. And it's a really good thing. And public awareness is a huge part of it, too. Yeah. Do you think um, if, if you ran the world for a day, would all fire would all fire <laughs> services be like career versus volunteer? Does that make a difference? Is that a thing? I don't even know. Um, it, it depends really where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I've been really fortunate with 555 to be able to travel the country. And I've been to places where there's no way they could have a career fire department just because... They go on 20 calls a year, you know, so we're and the volunteers all live right within the firehouse. Um, then I've been to places around the country where, you know, the towns are still volunteer, but no one lives in the towns. Mm-hmm. So I think what has to happen, both fire and EMS, because EMS also has a large volunteer component to it. They really have to take a long, hard look at how many people are responding, how many calls there are, and if they're meeting the standards to it. And then that would be a bigger part to making this kind of a change. Is there, has there ever been studies done on like the, how prompt there is people get to the fire if you're a full-time versus in a town that's volunteer? There's definitely been studies on that. Um, and and the, the national standard actually is different for volunteer and career. Um, it also depends on how many people live in your area that, that keep that. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, there is nothing better than being able to say there's four firefighters sitting in a firehouse in a uniform ready to go as opposed to doing a scramble system like they do here in new jersey um, where people are coming from home they're coming from their jobs you know it's also too that speaks to the mindset you know because i was a former volunteer and when you're a volunteer you always have to be on you know i get the ability now that i worked uh yesterday See, this is how this is how sleep deprivation works with you. Yeah, and last yeah, night was yeah. not that bad of a night, but I worked yesterday. So when I left home, you know, uh, yesterday morning to go to work, I had my drive in and I knew I was going to be a firefighter for 24 hours. I was going to yeah. be a lieutenant. Um, then when I left this morning, I could turn that mindset off. Right. You know, so I'm not on edge right now for the next three days. Whereas a volunteer who's always on call, yeah. you're always on edge. So that goes to affect that cardiac related disease. It goes to affect uh, all those other things that could happen. So there's definitely a difference. Um, I don't know if I'd change it all, but there's places that I'd change. Um, talk to me about like a four day schedule. Let's say yesterday was an, an average day, no no big events. You slept roughly how long in, in your 24 hour shift? Uh, I'd probably say like about five hours last what, night. What time? Uh, I went in around. I went up to my room around like nine. So that means I probably fell asleep like around 1030. Yeah, we went out two or three times last night. Another company went out. So that still wakes us up. Um, And then I'm up at 6am at the firehouse. So if I can get five hours, I'm a happy person. It's not great. um, But there's been nights where I haven't had any sleep. And when you got off at what time today? 8am. And then 8am you go home, go home and become dad. And then so have you slept? So you're, will no. you sleep tonight? Like, will you be able to, how does your, like a normal person go to bed at an, like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 o'clock or not even, you won't be able to. So depending on how the shift goes, because remember it could be a relatively easy shift. You know, we go on ringing fire alarms, yeah. food on the stove, auto lockouts, um, you know, easy shift. Um, as opposed to a hard shift where we're doing, we have an extrication. We have to cut someone out of a car. We have a rope rescue. We have a fire. We have two fires. 
Um, or we have something else that just is really stressful to deal with, trying to help people. Um, the next day is always a little different. Um, no matter what, though, I'm feeling it probably by about three in the afternoon. I'm starting to drag. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to become crankier, shorter with, with Tracy and the boys. Um, you know, We'll blame it on that. Blame it on that, for sure. Nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, but on a, on a harder night, I can feel that more. Um, it's really those, the realization to what that is. And I didn't realize that until a few years ago, I'd say, where I really started to realize like, man, these shifts are affecting me, you know, just when, so with five, 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 if you had asked me about sleep deprivation prior to five, 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 I'd be like, nah, man, I'm good to go. What are you talking about? I sleep at work sometimes. I, I can do this. Yeah. Um, now getting into this health and wellness thing and talking about it more, I'm like, I'm sleep deprived. Like I've, I've listened to podcasts or taken classes and they're like, do you have these symptoms? And I just keep my hand in the air, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you see that. So today, yesterday was not a bad shift. So today has been a good day. I was able to work out. I got a good workout in before that always helps. Um, and now I'm here. So I have some excitement, you know, you it's something different. It's not just yelling at kids to do their homework. And then you'll go to, will you be able to generally fall asleep? You think normal? Yeah. I'm pretty much so exhausted by tonight that I, by like 10 o'clock I'm done sometimes earlier, but I'm out. And so for the next basically three days of barring something, you'll, you'll be a normal human, be a normal human. Yep. Gotcha. So that's a bonus to the 24 72 schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people that work a 24 48 schedule. And in my opinion, and in my wife's opinion, if you just heard her comment and a lot of firefighters opinions out there, it's the worst schedule possible Yeah. because you are always either going to or coming from work, right? So your first day you work a 24 hour shift, your first day you've come from work. So you're like today, me horrible. Yeah. Then you get to go to pass out and then you go to sleep, wake up and do it all again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in states that have that schedule more than other ones, they're seeing a way higher suicide rate Is that right? than in states that aren't. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it, it's a big thing right now. But when you look at it, it's a like I had kind of said before, a three platoon versus a four platoon system, three shift versus four shift. So as a governing body somewhere, you look at that as I have to pay a quarter of the less people, you know, take away a quarter of my staff yeah, and it'll make this happen. Right. So, no one really thinks about our mental health and our physical health and our overall well-being or hasn't in the past. They're, they're starting to change now. Right. So um, what's your goal with 555? Uh, world domination. I mean, isn't that everybody's goal when they do something? Like, <laughs> right? Isn't it? it you know, it, it's just to leave the fire service better than I found it. Yeah. You know, that that's our goal. That's That's our main mission, anyone that's involved in it. Um, and it's so cool because none of us get paid. You know, we all do this voluntarily. Um, I've never taken a dime from 555, which has been people kind of like shake their head. They're like, what do you mean? You guys have 100,000 social media followers. How aren't you getting paid to do this? And we're not. We put all the money back into the the foundation and trying to reach more people and and make that change happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Any big events or anything that you'd like our audience to know about? Oh man, that's a hard one. We just we just finished the year. I just wrapped for the year. Well, let's say. What was but the big twenty nine? What did you guys do in twenty nineteen? That was big. 
Uh, so Tony, we go to a lot of fire shows. Uh-huh. So, you know, just like, you know, any other industry has expos. Yeah. Uh, the fire service has expos. EMS has expos. Um, we are fortunate enough to be able to go to those through some, some great partnerships and things like that. So we go to a huge one in Indianapolis every April called FDIC. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. You know, there's 30,000 firefighters there. Wow. And we're able to meet a lot of our fans who are all from the internet because 555 is all based off of the internet. You mm-hmm. know, people ask like, well, where are you guys from? the internet uh we're out there facebook instagram instagram better than facebook (laughs) um but what we do is uh we get to go to those things so that was huge and then just how many weeks ago here three weeks ago uh we were invited out to to pittsburgh pennsylvania to work with a company called msa Mm -hmm. Uh, they're the mine safety association oh i just messed that one up but they started as a mine safety company their first patent was from thomas edison they're all about safety they make the air packs and the turnout gear that we wear um through 555 and all these shows that we go to we've met them and you know they really want to make their company known as someone that doesn't just make gear but tries to help the people that are wearing it Um, and what they did with us was they had us come out and we actually spent the day we had five one-hour sessions at their corporate headquarters and we put their employees through a 555 workout and talked about some of the moves that we were doing and what we would, why we would do these in the fire service. Um, so we were able to work out with someone as low as the mailroom to the CFO of the company. And it went off unbelievably. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Very cool. Um, if people want to find out more about 555, where should they go? You can go to 555fitness.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about our grant program there. We talk about all the places we go. Um, if you are on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, we're 555fitness. Uh, we also have a free app that you can download that gives you two workouts each day. Um, one of those 343 honor wads that our founder made, and then one that's a complete bodyweight workout. Um, because that's what I started doing when I came into the organization. Uh, being my department didn't have much equipment, I was doing bodyweight workouts all the time. Mm-hmm. So for the past almost six years, every day, you see a bodyweight workout on 555. Occasionally, there's a jump rope or a kettlebell involved. And uh, we've had about, by this point, there's probably like seven different people who program those workouts. Because let me tell you something. Try and write a lot of bodyweight workouts. Yeah, no joke. Huh? Good luck with you. Yeah. Good luck with your mental status on that one. Because right. I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, I get it. It's only so many ways you could do burpees. If someone wanted to support 555, how could they do it? They can click on the donate button right there on our website. Um, We also have a purchase section where we sell apparel. And we have some awesome partners out there, like a a company called Born Primitive is one of our largest supporters. Um, You can see all their apparel there, too. They do a thin red line apparel gear, and 20% of those profits come back to us. Um, So we do things like water bottles, now I'm going to like blank on it all. But you guys do a lot of different t-shirts. Do a lot of different t-shirts. Yep. Yeah. A lot yeah. of just gear, clothing, all that type of stuff. When we started, that was, that was the it. only way we raised money. We sold a t-shirt. Right. Uh, everybody likes t-shirts. That's right. It's that a good way to put it, right? I even brought some t-shirts for you guys today oh, too. Sweet. So, well, yeah. That's awesome. Hopefully they fit. We'll see. I don't know. Hannah's jacked. <laughs> she is. No. She definitely is. <laughs> uh, anything else before we, before we go? Uh, I don't know. I want to definitely thank you for having me. You know, one of the things we, I kind of mentioned this, we, we grazed across it, but we talked about it before is, is just that, you know, most of the common public, they look at a firehouse or a fire truck and they're like, Oh, there goes those firemen. That that's so awesome. Or sorry, firefighters. That's so awesome. You know what they do. And they never really think that we're just like them. You know, there's nothing really special about us except that we've decided to 
pursue a career or to volunteer in a very dangerous environment to help our fellow man, for lack of a better term there. Um, a lot of times we're helping others so much, we forget about ourselves. And I think that's something that 555 has highlighted, that we do need to get back to ourselves and that the public should look at us as people just like them. You know, we could use as much help as they can. So, Sweet. Well, let's end on that. Awesome, man. Pip, we appreciate you being on. Thank you. That's been great. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash our services. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These eBooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your eBook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the Talk to the Doctor First button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.